0: Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book Mason, chapter eleven. Those letters went to Rodney Stone and Nicole Manning. Abby heard Lynette Ryland say, and the third went to Vernon Ferguson. Lynette paused. No doubt, when she heard their collection groans and mumbles, is Ferguson the man you think tried to kill the horse trailer trainer at the ranch? The very one. Grace assured her, "Any idea what those was in those letters?" None, Lynette quickly answered. As I said, I didn't even go to the reading of the will, but I can ask my father's former secretary. She and I are still close, and she might have typed the letters for him. To Abby, that sounded like a long shot, considering the possible nature of the letters. The senator would have typed them himself or hired someone. He could eliminate, but right now, long shots were all they had. That and Ace. If he survives the surgery, they might be able to get him to confess the name of the person who had hired him. And if they get very lucky, maybe he would tell them what the letter had said. Of course, Ferguson had already admitted that he knew Ford had left instructions to kill them all, so maybe the letters were just that, instructions to kill. What about a connection between Ferguson and your father? Mason asked the Did you find anything other than this letter to link the two men? Nothing so far. In fact, I just searched through the computer files I have, and Ferguson's name isn't mentioned. I'll keep digging. I don't have access to all my father's things. He just owed me a few days before he killed himself, but before he died, I copied some of his files. Lots of them, she corrected. I'll go through those now. Look for a connection that happened about 20 years ago, Mason added. An uncomfortable silence went through the room, and Abby knew why. Twenty years ago was when Boone had left, and Ford had killed both Chet Rylan and Lynette's mother, the very woman who had an affair with Boone. It was also the year Ferguson had gunned down Abby's own mother. On the surface, they shouldn't be connected, but maybe she was missing something, or someone. The only real linking, living link to all of this was Boone himself, but certainly if Boone knew something, he would tell her right? But he hadn't told her about the fair. In fact, Boone had kept a lot of secrets. Abby quickly pushed that aside. She wouldn't doubt him, not after everything he'd done for her. <laughs> if I find anything, I'll let you know. Lynette assured him. Thanks. Now it was Grayson's turn of pause. You do know that Boone's back in Silver Creek? Yes. Lynette said cautiously, as if she'd stepped on a few eggshells. Gage is uh, considering what to do. I warn you though, he's not happy about this. The brothers exchanged uneasy glances. Try to keep Gage away from here for a while, Grayson suggested. A fight won't do us any good right now. I'll see what I can do, Lynette promised, but Gage is well Gage another brother, one who no doubt hated Boone as much as the others, because there was a possibility of a fight. It had already been a long morning, but it was apparently about to get a lot longer. <laughs> We already knew that Ferguson had contacted contact with Nicole Manning and Rodney Stone. Mason reminded them when Grayson ended the call and contact with Ford, too. It's not much of a stretch for Ford to give a low life like Ferguson in order to kill. Ferguson could have then hired another lowlife like Ace. The brothers exchanged more grunts. <laughs> three letters, David peed. That means all three of the people who received them can continue to point fingers at each other. Oh, mercy. Abby hadn't even considered that. Maybe only one letter was a death warrant, and the other two were there just to muddy the waters. If so, it would work because no one would simply confess to conspiracy to commit murder. Even though Abby had never met Fort Harrington, she was getting a clearer picture of what he'd been, able, been capable of. And, of course, he would attach himself to someone equally evil like Ferguson. I'll get on stone back in here for question eight, Ferguson Ferguson too. Grayson insisted, although he didn't sound any more optimistic than Abby felt. Mason looked at Abby. Did Ford ever contact you? No. And Abby was almost positive of that. Twenty years is a long time. A lot of people have come and come in and out of our lives, but I don't remember Ford. And I think I'd remember seeing him. Mason made a sound of understanding. Our hey mumbled hour, rising Boone and her. Abby wished she could take it back because the scowls returned to all of the Rylan brothers' faces. Mason pushed past her, and with all of them following, he made his way back to the front of the building where Boone was still waiting. Boone was seated, but the moment he spotted that, he eased to a standing position. Something else wrong? Boone asked. His gaze went straight to Abby. Maybe she figured this would sound better coming from her than his sons because their scowls had returned. He said Fork came to see you, to tell you that your wife had committed suicide. Did he see me? Boone scrubbed his hand over his forehead. For a moment he looked confused. That was before the concern slashed through his eyes. You think? But that wasn't as far as Boone got. The back door flew a little bit, the moment so abrupt that it slammed against the wall. She heard Mason mumble some profanity under his breath. They did too, and Abby soon saw why wasn't Ferguson or some gunman, but there was a threat nonetheless. She automatically stepped in front of Boone, just as automatically he pushed her to the side so he could face their visitors head on. Mason watched as his brother walked in first, Nate, the calm and sensible one, who was also Dade's fraternal twin. Nate didn't look ready to explode, but the other two, well, that was a different story. Gage and Cad were spoiling for a fight Lynette obviously hadn't been able to convince Gage to stay out of this. It's true. Gage bought out like profanity. Mason was far from being a fan of Boo, but Abby had already been put through too many ringers today. Ringers today. That thought stopped and cold. Since when did he react based on someone else's feelings? Someone who wasn't a sibling? Apparently now. Because Mason maneuvered himself in front of her and in front of Boone, too, and he glared at his younger brothers, Dade included, who had already joined the battle march with the others toward the reception counter. I want you to leave now. Gade punctuated that by jabbing his index finger at Boone. You'll leave when this investigation is over. Mason let them all know. Grayson gave a hesitant but concurred nod. Abby's in danger. Hell, we all are. Boone stays put until I throw at least one dirtbag in jail for taking shots at us. That look a little. That took a little of the fighting fire out of Gage's eyes. Unlike Nate, this brother was not the common-sensible one. When Ned said we could all be in danger, Gage tossed out there. We are. Mason fired Ford might have left orders to have us all killed, and Abby might have gotten caught in the crossfire, or she. Be the reason for the crossfire but mason kept that to himself this little family reunion was already complicated enough i left darcy and the kids with two of my detectives Nate explained and i sent two more to stay with Lynette at the newspaper office where she's working today darcy was nate's wife and the assistant district attorney and yeah it didn't surprise mason that nate would think of them at a time like this the Rylands were often a fiery lot but they put their families first, unlike Boone. The afterthought was still automatic, but Mason knew he was going to have to give it some thinking time. Maybe he could combine it with a cold beer and another kissing session with Abby. Kissing her confused the heck out of things, but heaven help him, it felt good. Why did you come back? Need asked. His attention fastened on Boone. There was cool anger in his voice, but there's no mistaking the fact that it was anger. Boone tipped his head to the bullet-damaged safety glass in the door. Because of that, you survived. Right about all of you being in danger, he shook his head, dipped his gaze. I tried to stop this from happening. His words did nothing to soothe Gage. He came closer, with Cat right on his heels, no surprise that the two were presenting in a united front. Gage and Cat were the youngest of the pack and were just as much friends as they were brothers. Grayson called. Gage said, no coolness in his voice. He explained what's happening. Ford could be behind the attack, Mason verified. He didn't know booed anything, but he wanted to clarify this to his hot-headed brother. That the person responsible for this mess wasn't in the room, but rather in the grave. Ford. The answer repeated with even more venom. Yeah, his late father-in-law wasn't exactly do there. That doesn't mean he should be here. Another finger jabbed him. He could have told us this over the phone. Boone nodded. I could have, but I wanted to see my son's old oh, man, that was not the right thing to say, and it started an explosion of profanity and old world, old wound accusations from Dave, Gage, and Cad. Mason wasn't much for verbal brawl, especially when he looked at Abby. She had her hands up, already posturing herself to protect Boone, but Mason noted something else. She was blinking back tears. This was right, ripping her apart as much as it was his brother's. Stop, Mason said. He didn't shout didn't have to. Four years he'd worked on his Iceman, Badass facade, and times like this it came in handy. Everybody stopped. They stared at him, waiting, no doubt, for some words of wisdom to make this all better. Or maybe waiting for him to toss Boone out on his ear. But wise words were Grayson's department. The tossing? Best left for Gage Day. Mason did what he did best. He's putting an end to this now. We're gonna settle your differences with Boone later right now we focus on keeping us alive got that they weren't pleased about it but no brother objected grayson even made a sound of agreement and turned to cat what about bringing the twins where are they mason cursed himself for not already thinking of Cad's wife and babies brie was a deputy sheriff but that didn't mean he wanted her to try to fend off an assassin by herself they're okay Ray took the twins and drove to kayla's estate in san antonio Kayla has a bodyguard with him. Good, that meant Kayla. Dade's wife was safe as well, but the estate was more like a fortress, and they used it before when family members needed protecting. So that left Abby. Not family exactly, but she was still in danger and standing in front of a glass door and window, where a hired gun could spot her taking. Ace might be out of commission, but that didn't mean Ford and or Ferguson hadn't arranged for backup. I'm taking Abby upstairs to the apartment. Mason let the others know. She going to stay there while I make some calls. Check on Ace's condition and then I'll take her back to the ranch. As expected, that earned him a few raised eyebrows and returned Mason's growl deepened. didn't bother to remind them about bullets going through glass or the tendency of men they were dealing with. He just took Abby's arm and got the apartment. Abby questioned looking back at the others. A glorified flop room, Mason clarified. He got her past his brothers and down the hall to the back stairs. You can get some rest there and I'll have food brought up. She didn't argue, which told him just how exhausted she was. He needed to make those calls fast, make sure the ranch was as secure as it could be before he drove her back out there. They went up the stairs and Mason threw open the door. He had definitely a flop room, but once it had been the jail and storage area. Now it was just one big room with a bed, sitting there, kitchenette, and bathroom. Get some rest. He glanced at the bed and turned to get out of there fast. Having Abby with him and in the vicinity of a bed wasn't a good idea. But Abby didn't let him leave. She stepped in front of him. Thank you. Mason didn't ask for any clarification because it would keep him there longer, but Abby still didn't let him leave. She touched the seam of the sleeve of his black t-shirt and then started to run her fingers over it. Not touching him but still touching him. Will you always hate me because of Boom? She asked. The question took him aback, not because he hadn't thought about it, but because Mason hadn't expected Abby to come right out and ask. No, but I'll always want to hate you. He cursed. That's a lie. I don't want to hate you at all. I want to kiss you hard and long, and more than that, I want you in my bed. She didn't back away, didn't stop touching his shirt, but she did dart his gaze. This is the point where you run in the opposite direction, he suggested. I don't want to run. Now she looked up at him. I want to be in your bed. Mason cursed some more, but the profanity didn't stop the heat from just sliding hot and deep into him. Just the way he wanted to slide right into her. "And Then what? He asked. She gave a quick awkward shrug then fought a smile. We have sex. Smart ass, he mumbled. But there was no anger in it, just frustration that the bad thing couldn't happen right now, or that it would happen despite the bad consequences. Disgusted with her, himself, and this body heat, he slipped his arm around her waist and eased he her to him. That didn't help with the heat either. I don't usually talk this much about having sex, he snarled. I just more or less do it. <laughs> she smiled again. The man, it was incredible. Abby was a knockout. No part of him was going to let him forget it. (laughs) I've thrown you off your game, she said her breath, making the words a whisper. No game, he admitted, and that's part of the problem. It'd be easier if this could be just a one-night stay and I'm good at those. I'll bet you are. Her breath went even thinner, and she slipped her gaze down to his chest and to the front of his wranglers. Mason couldn't help it. He laughed. Okay, not a laugh exactly, but it was as close as he got. He stared at her, lifting his hand to her mouth, and brushed the pad of his thumb over her bottom lip. She made a shivering sound, and her eyelids fluttered close. His body clenched, begged, then started a, You're ever thinking this? Abby said, melting against him, until her face was cushioned right in the crook of his neck. Maybe you're right. He wanted her to be right. He wanted her to be right. You come to my bed tonight, and we can overthink it later. When When he'd taken her heart fast and deep, with that cap repeating in his head, and that was probably why he didn't hear the footsteps until they were practically right on Abby and him, Mason swung in the direction of the doorway, automatically reaching for his gun, but it wasn't the threat that his body had prepared him for. It was just Gage, with a funny look on his face. Mason huffed. Gage had no doubt noticed the close contact between Abby and him, and Mason was sure he'd get an earful about it later. Heck, an earful might actually do him some good. Might. What? Mason started because Gage wouldn't have expected any other tone from him. Gage shoots his thumb to the stairs. <sighs> Lynette's on the phone, and I think you'll want to hear what she has to say. Gage paused His Gage shifted to Abby. She found something about you in her father's files. End of chapter 11